Normally, every day when we start uh, our service, we pray for another church besides us. It helps us keep our heart right. helps us keep it on the kingdom, not our kingdom, but the kingdom. And so it's, it's, it's a great thing for us to do. Today, I want us to pray for America. I want us to pray that God's will will be done in this place that his hand will be on it, the blessing of God will be there, that it will be protected, that it will be guided, that it will be empowered to be what God has called America to be. Amen? So will you pray with me right now? Lord, today we just honor what you've done, your hand in America. Lord, as in every situation, every church, every country, there's stuff that people have done wrong, including America. But, Lord, there's things that you have done right. And there's things that you want to do right. And, Father, today we call for those right things to be from this point forward. Lord, we just lift up our country. Let the will of God be done in America and on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we just pray that this country, that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened, that it will be opened so that we will see clearly what is our inheritance, what is the will of God and what's not. And Lord, we pray that America will have the strength to go after you. You are the answer, Lord. You are the answer. You are the answer, period. It's not a politician. It's not an election. Those things may help, but that is not the answer. The answer is Jesus. And Lord, we just ask for an awakening. We ask for a revival. We ask for hearts to be turned towards you. And when that happens, Lord, everything around it is blessed. May your blessing come and may your blessing be. And Lord, whatever part of that that needs to start with us, let it start with us right here this morning. Lord, let us honor anybody who's given their life before or, or that will in the future, Lord. Let us honor them by giving ourselves to you so that your blessing may fill a place. Lord, we just thank you. We are the salt of the earth and the preservant. And Lord, we receive that and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, hallelujah. Well, good morning. Good morning. There's, um, or good afternoon, we're past morning, amen. So we've been talking about words of life and how we talked about words of life is this, is that in Genesis God said, let there be whatever, let there be light, let there be this, let there be that, and those things were. He said, let there be light, and there was light, right? These were the words that God said. And then he said, let us make man in our image, in, a, in our likeness. In other words, he created us to be the same kind of speaking spirits that would use words to create. Now over the course of 6,000 years, we've lost some of that. It's gotten away from us. It's, it's kind of gotten out of our grasp. But we today are seeing that again in this message and by other people's teaching. We're starting to grab a hold of, hey, this is who we are. We're made in the image and likeness of God. And we realize that in order to speak life, we have to choose life. And we choose life by what we say. We choose His words. We say His words. 
Words set a course for our life and, and our words cause our minds to be set on an issue and then our minds set on an issue. If, the, if our minds are set on the flesh, it equals death. But if our minds are set on the spirit, it equals life and life in abundance. Well, words help set that course in our life. Words uh, can set the course either positively or negatively. Either way. They can set it both ways. And so what we need to do is we need to figure out how do we choose life by choosing our words and how do we get our words in the right place? How do we get our words to line up with God's word? How do we create the things that God wants us to create? And so we talked about three things. Today is how do we speak like God? How do we speak and when we speak things happen? How do we move in that likeness of God? Now if you hadn't heard the rest of this teaching, you may be sitting there going, that's not even possible. God's God. Yes, he is. And in his godness, he said, I want people to be like me. So he made us in his likeness and image and gave us the ability to start creating and producing some of these things. And our words form that, frame our worlds, and literally set the course towards life or towards death. And so in order for us to move towards life and take people with us towards life, then we need to speak like God speaks. How are you going to speak, though? How are you going to speak like God if you don't know who God is? The word says this so very clearly in 1 John 4. It says the one who does not love does not know God. Doesn't know him. For God is love. In other words, we're not going to speak words of love if we don't know God. We don't know his love. We don't know his character and his nature. Most of the deceptions that happen in people's lives and the way that the devil and our corrupted flesh is able to really rip apart and tear apart and score victories against us is because of things that we don't know about God. Most of the deceptions and the attacks that actually work come from a lack of knowledge of just how good God is. We don't know how good he is. We don't know what his plans for us are. And so all of a sudden the devil comes in and we're like, oh, that's supposed to happen. It happens to everybody else. It's supposed to happen to me too. And the devil just rolls us over like a steamroller. And then we think it's normal. So then if somebody stands up to say, well, I'm going to believe God for healing, then we want to steamroll that person too because it's like, no, you've got to be steamrolled like me. And then we just perpetuate the steamrolling, right? A bunch of flattened out lives. And God wants us to have full lives. Like the cartoon when they came back to life, you know, like that. That's the way he wants our lives to overflow, not steamrolled. That's, that's what he wants. And he does that through Jesus. He does that and fills us up through Christ. He wants us to live like that all the time. He doesn't ever want us steamrolled. But he definitely doesn't want a group of us to get steamrolled and then say, well, steamrolling happens to everybody, so if you're not steamrolled, then, then who do you think you are? And then that keeps a whole crowd of people beat down, broken. What kind of testimony is that? That's a horrible testimony. And it's not the testimony that God's given to us. 
We've got to look into the Word. See, and, and if we say that's our testimony, what kind of God does that? What would we do? Listen to this. We really just need to know the character and nature of God. Tell me this. What if you had a father and a mother and you went to their house and they had three kids and you found those kids in the closet beat down uh, uh, sores all over them they hadn't eaten in days and they just beat up steamrolled in that closet what would happen to that father and mother they go to jail why because that's child abuse and yet we've accepted the steamrolling from the enemy as normal and what what position then does that give us what filter what lenses are we seeing God as we're seeing him as a child abusing daddy. That is not the character. Do you see the deception that's all over that? Do you see why the devil tries to prove that kind of stuff? That is not who God is. He is a loving father. It says if you have tasted of God and who he really is, you will have tasted. He is good. Good. That's 1 Peter chapter 2. He is so good. James 1 says that every good, every good, every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness in this, nor shadow of turning. In other words, He is so good, it, every good and perfect gift comes from Him. It doesn't come from any other source. That's His goodness. He loves us. Man, He loves us. Get a hold of He loves me. See, and here's what the devil would have. If I told you to shout right now with all you got, He loves me. You'd go, He loves me. Hallelujah. Why? Because the devil has steamrolled us and bullied us into a position where we even have a hard time shouting a truth. It, it would do us some good just to say it. I'm going I'm to challenge you. Say it. Just, just right now, give me a shout. He loves me. He loves yeah, amen. See, I'm so glad I gave you the, uh, the pre-message before I gave you the opportunity. Y'all did awesome. Man, the next time you're feeling down at home, you might ought to look around, go into the, go into, look into the mirror, or just stand up in your bedroom. He loves me. Praise God. He loves me. See, you start moving into the truth of that, your spirit starts turning over. It starts generating some faith towards that love. Well, that faith now is the victory that overcomes the steamrolling, that overcomes the world. It'll grab a hold of that, and it'll start to produce his love and his goodness in your life. And all that in that scenario started with what? He loves me. They spoke it out. You spoke it out. All of a sudden, didn't it feel good once you said it? You might have been going, I don't want to say it, but once you said it, didn't it be like, he does love me. Amen. Woo, I just, hallelujah. And the more you say it, the more it gets like that. He loves me. He loves me. You say it. You See, words produce death or life. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. But in order to speak like Him, how do we speak like God? First of all, we've got to know Him. Listen, and number, we've got to renew our mind. We need an accountability partner. 
and then praying in tongues, praying in the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to talk about each one of those three things. But in renewing our mind, we've got to know Him. We begin to realize that speaking like Jesus is a part of loving Jesus. And we start to realize then, if I don't speak like God, then I'm not loving on Him. Because if I speak like Him, I'm producing the things that He wants to produce. See, when you love somebody, what they do and what's important to them becomes important to you. And if Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I'm come that they might have life and have it in abundance... And the words there, what it really means in the Amplified, it brings out, it says, bring life and in abundance to the full till it overflows. That's who Jesus is. And so when we start to speak life, we're bringing life. So speaking the words of God is loving on God. And not speaking the words of God is not loving on Him. Well, now we're talking about a whole different thing than just what you say. We went through all these examples last week and stuff. Well, (laughs) man, that just kills me. That's not speaking life. You know, we went through all these different things. Well, you know, here it's my sickness. It's, It's my this. It's that. All these things. Definitely go back and watch. You will get revelation on it. How many people got some revelation out of that list last week? Amen. Good. So one of the things that happens is that in general, when you start to know God, and I'm not giving you the whole message, but in general, when you start to know God, godly words do three things in general. They create positive things, they set things free, they bring a freedom, and they give life in abundance. And if a word, even the smallest of words, you know, have you ever been with somebody and they're like, you're telling them something, and they're like, whatever, whatever. Right? All right, that whatever, it may seem like it's little and it may seem like it has no power to it because it's just something somebody said, you know, you know, or go back to the nursery rhyme, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Nonsense. They will either kill you or give you life. But the devil starts at that age trying to tell you and strip you of the power that God put in you from the beginning. And it's still on his mind and it's still a part of your mission to bring that life about. So what he'll do, we'll say something like, whatever, you know, whatever, you know, or whatever. You know, we'll say stuff like that and we think that it's small. Oh, that doesn't mean anything. No, 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 no. It does mean something. It does play a part because that word either brings life or it takes away life. It either brings freedom or it puts somebody into bondage. What if every day for the next week, everybody in your life, their response to you was whatever? Well, how would you feel at the end of the day? How would you feel at the end of the week? You'd be like questioning yourself, like, do I have anything important to say? Apparently not, (laughs) right? Well, it would have an effect on you. Well, we just chalk that up as something small and little, not realizing that we have, you know, decades on this earth of these little words that maybe didn't feel like they meant anything, but they really did. 
we have the ability to bring that life or not bring that life, but it comes by knowing God. we got to know His character and His nature. And His character creates positive things. It sets people free and it brings life in abundance. And we've got to renew our mind to who God is. Get in the Word. It says that the Word, that we are washed with the water of the Word. The more that we are in this, the more we in this Bible, the more that we understand who God is, what His love is, how much He loves us, how much He loves you. He loves me. How much He loves you. The more we start thinking like Him, talking like Him, and acting like Him. And the Holy Spirit says that the Holy Spirit empowers us to be renewed. He also, the Holy Spirit, helps us to read something that we've read for years and bring it to light and see more of who God is. He's the teacher. He helps renew us and keep us renewed. So the number one thing that we've got to do in speaking like God is we've got to get to know Him. We've got to get to know Him. All right, so the number two thing is we need an accountability partner. Let's turn to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2. It says this. Let's read it. Let, let's read the back part of it first. Thereby fulfill the law of Christ. Man, how many people want to fulfill the law of Christ? Man, if Christ has a law... I would love to fulfill that. Well, how does he tell us to fulfill the law of Christ? Bear one another's burdens. Help them carry the load. Help them carry the load. You know, we've been talking some about Job and Job's friends. And, and for seven days, Job's friends came and they just sat with them. They were just there. And then they started messing up on day eight when they started talking. You know, they started saying stuff they didn't know what they were saying, and they started talking. But for seven days, they did a good job. What were they doing for those first seven days? They were helping Job carry the load. Man, Job, what happened to you? Man, it just seems like it stunk. And we just want you to know we're here for you. They didn't try to be smart to him, help him figure out his problem. Well, you did this, and you did this, and you didn't do this. and but, You know, they didn't try to go in there. Well, here's, here's where it is, brother. Let me show it to you, you know, here. And, and while you're at it, you missed this, you know. And while you're at it, you, you, you should have done this, you know. And they didn't do that for the first seven days. After that, they did. We've got to bear one another's burdens. In other words, we help them carry the load. Well, how can we do that? We can be an accountability partner. Let's look at this verse too. Go to uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Because here's the thing. A lot of times when people have an accountability partner, what they're just doing is they're checking a box of whether or not they did good or bad. And how many people have ever set out to do something and you've done it wrong? You've missed it. If you didn't raise your hand right there, that was it. You can check the box. <laughs> right? It, if you've ever, you've started out to do something and you did it wrong, right? Well, think about this. Let's say that John and I are going to be in accountability. He's going to hold me accountable. I'm going to hold him accountable. Am I going to miss it? Probably. Uh, yep. Sure is. I know y'all think I'm perfect, but trust me, I'm not. 
That wasn't funny. <laughs> Don't ask Nicole if I'm perfect or not. No, look, here's the thing. I'm not, I'm not even close to it. Not even close. Am I going to miss it? Yes. Is he going to miss it? Yes. So what good is it for us to go in there and say, I'm just waiting for you to mess up. Oh, there it is. You messed up. Check mark. That was your mess up. And then he's just waiting to point the finger at me and tell me how bad I did. Is that being a good accountability partner? No. No. An accountability partner is this. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another just as you also are doing. In other words, if we're going to be accountability partner, here's the thing about accountability. When, we, when Nicole and I first started learning about our words, what happened is uh, we started learning, man, we have a responsibility to God to start speaking right things, saying the right things. Stop using idle words and start speaking life, life in abundance, freedom, and start creating positive things. So we realized that. We had revelation on that, but here's the issue. We didn't know the wrong things that we were saying. We didn't know it because we thought they were right until a minute ago. I mean, we're just now finding out that there are some wrong things to be saying. So we didn't know what those things were. So we needed somebody that would help to say, I think that might not have been a good thing to say. And so we became accountability partners with each other. And so what happened is I'd walk through the house and be like, man, today just sucks. And she'd go. And at that time, I think we would say, is that your confession? You know? In other words, is, is that what you want to happen? Is that what you want to create? Would you like for me, you know, kind of what we would say now is something like this. Would you like for me to agree with that statement? In other words, the word says, if two or more agree, it shall be done. In other words, you want me to agree with that, that today sucks? Because today's not over. It can continue sucking for you if you want it. I mean, you know. And, uh, you know, if, if today really did suck, and then she said, is that your confession? You know, and then I'd be like, I'm going to show you how much it sucks here in just about a, two seconds, right? And then about that time, let's say you let that one go, and then you say, golly, I'm just feeling sick. And then she goes, is that your confession? And I'd go, all righty. Because here's the thing. In the words, how many people when we read that list last week, how many people there were more things on that list than what you thought? And it was showing you some areas to correct. Well, it's still like that, even this week, even after you've heard the list. You're saying, I promise you, I promise you, you're saying more things that are ungodly than what you think you are. Every, every day, pretty much every hour, you're thinking it pretty much every minute. You have more ungodliness because you were raised in a corrupt world that taught you ungodly things and ungodly values and ungodly ways of thinking. You're saying more stuff than you think you are. And so you've got to come to the place of humility that says, all right, I accept it, I've got some growing up to do. And that person, the humble person, is one that grace can come to. Now, if I humble myself to that, then I'm opening myself up to grow. 
And if I'm opening myself up to grow, God will be faithful and help me. And now I'll begin to start learning what to say right and what not to say wrong. And then my life will change course. And that is exactly what we've seen over the years. When we first started, we had no idea how much ungodly stuff we were saying. I mean, we had no idea. And I'm going to tell you, for the first month, every time she would say, is that your confession? And, and that's how I heard it, except it grew in ugliness, right? And, uh, and I'm sure she felt the exact same way. I'm sure she probably told me that at some point. But here's the thing. Did you? <laughs> and uh, here's the thing. That first month, but then after that, it, we learned we needed to be what this verse says encourage one another and build one another up so we eased off on our sassiness and our sarcasm towards each other and we just started helping each other and if I was in the middle of a kind of moment you know and she would say is that your confession and and see she's probably saying it like this honey is that your confession I will happily agree with you but I'm not hearing it like that because I'm having a moment and I'm in the moment going and and what I hear is is that your confession you know and and so that's the way I'm hearing it that's not how she said it but that's the way I heard it and so but after about a month of realizing she doesn't hate me she's trying to build me up then all of a sudden she would say is that your confession I realized she's trying to help me and I'd say, golly, that is, I, that is not what I want to happen. That is a horrible confession. Thank you for pointing that out. And, I'll, and I would say, Lord, I reject that. I rebuke that. What I just said, forget I ever said that. You know, I was an idiot then. I'm not an idiot now. I'm growing. All right. And then I'd say whatever I needed to say, what produced life, whatever produced freedom, whatever created positive things. And then we would literally stop and agree on that thing. Well, I'm telling you, for about a year straight, this went on, and it was like we were, is that your confession? Half of our conversation was, is that your confession? Because the other half stunk, you know? And that was over half a... But that accountability, man, it set us on a course to completely change our lives. And let me tell you something. When you do this and you start getting your words right... All right. Here, how many people heard wrong words this week out of people? How many people heard people all over the place saying stuff they shouldn't have been saying? And you're just hearing some of that for the first time because you heard that list last week. Now this week you're going like, golly, people have been saying these things everywhere and they don't realize they are creating that kind of life. They don't even realize they're doing it. But they're going, why is this happening to me? Yeah. So an accountability partner is one that encourages one another and builds up one another just as, you're, just as you are also doing. And, and here, so here's what you want to do. You need to have an accountability partner, somebody that's there. Husbands and wives, perfect. That's who it needs to be. If you, your husband and wife, you need, to, you need to be each other's accountability partner in your words. But you need to come to agreement. Don't just go home and assume, well, Pastor Brian said we need to be accountability partners, so I'm just going to start uh, bringing them into proper account. Is that your confession? You know, Don't just start doing it. You need to talk about it, agree on it, after this service and say, do you want to do that? And they'll say, I do. Do you want to do that? 
And then you'll both say, yes, we want to be accountability partners on our words. So if you hear anything I say that is ungodly, that doesn't create good things, bring freedom, or bring fullness of life, you have my permission. These are important to talk this out. You have my permission. Hey, if you're going to start saying, yeah, if you're going to start saying, is that your confession, you're going to need to have this in writing or, or something ahead of time because you're going to hit moments, I promise you. All right, so you're going to say, you have my permission to ask me if you would like for, to if you would like to agree with me on what I just said, is that you know kind of my confession or not? And they'll say, okay, I will, and trust me, they will. And then, same thing, vice versa, husband to wife, wife to husband. Now, if you're not married, you get somebody that has this revelation that you're hanging out with, or maybe if you're not, then find two or three people, maybe in here or in the church, that you know that you give the right to them to correct you. I know that sounds like a four-letter word, but you give them the right to correct you and question what you're saying. That's humble. That's humility, and it will help you grow. I'm telling you, your life will change. When we did this, our life uh, stunk. Literally, I'll give you financial. Uh, financial was one of our big issues we had to get over. When we started doing this, we were making together, we were married, we were making less than $15,000 a year married with two kids. Well, two kids were on the way, but that's where we started at. We were married, already had Abigail at that point. Less than 15000 a year. All that's changed. It's different. It's different now. I'm not saying that the finances were an indicator of holiness. I'm saying that as we lined ourselves up in life and the life of God, it brought the blessing of God. And it changed everything. And it goes back to, is that your confession? And then me hearing it right and saying, no, that's not what I want my confession to be. But I had to be humble enough to hear it. And she had to be humble enough to hear it so that we would start to change. So, number one, we need to know God. Number two, it helps us to have an accountability partner. How many people, how many people know that you're doing wrong, but you're still doing it? How many people are aware, how many people would say, I know everything I'm doing wrong? I promise you, you do not. If you did, you wouldn't be doing it. It's a, it's a deception. An accountability partner helps to bring those things that you're not aware of and bring them out. Because they'll see, have you ever seen somebody, have you ever had somebody and you're talking to them and they're, they're telling you all their problems and you're like, well, I know why that's happening because you do this, 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 and this. You ever had somebody like that? As a pastor, that's like, Every day, you know, it's like all, all day long, everybody, you know, it's like, seems like it's all the time. That's part of the reason why we're here is to help that. So the more humble a person gets, the more you can help correct those things, the better life they'll have. So it all comes back to the humility of the person. But you know what's going on because you're looking with eyes from the outside, but them in the middle of their life, they just don't see it. They don't see that they're doing that stuff wrong. 
But if they would just listen, which is not your job to tell them about, <laughs> if they would just listen, you could help them go to a different place. That's what an accountability partner brings. Think about this. When you're being somebody's accountability partner, how do you want to be treated? If I'm the one making the wrong confession, right, do I want somebody to go, is that your confession? You know, I don't want that. No, that might have bad consequences. I don't want that. But I'd want somebody to say, smile, love. Do you want me to agree with you on that? Because I don't think I want to agree with you on that, maybe. But would you like for me to agree? Because whatever we agree, it'll be done just like that. Would you like for me to agree with you on that? You know, not being smart, not being sassy. I'm being funny here, but in that situation, you're just you're loving on them. You are not the Holy Spirit. Uh, this, this is really good uh, marriage counsel. You are not the Holy Spirit. I promise you, the Holy Spirit's voice sounds like Nicole a whole lot. And as much as I want to be the Holy Spirit to her sometimes, and she wants to be the Holy Spirit to me, we ain't. But the Holy Spirit will talk through somebody. But remember, you're not the Holy Spirit, and treat others the way that you want to be treated. And go back to this verse. Build them up. Encourage them. Okay? So get an accountability partner. Don't wait. Do that today before we get out the door. Number three is speaking in tongues. In Matthew 10, I'm going to go real fast uh, through this. Matthew 10, 19 through 20, it talks about people that are thrown into jail and they're getting ready to come in front of a judge. And it says in that, don't, it says, don't worry about what to say. The Spirit will give you the words to say. See, here's the thing. The Holy Spirit knows what you need to say before you even knew there was something to be said. Amen. He already knew. He already knew what it was. The Holy Spirit will help you. We need to rely on Him more. In Romans 8, 26, I love this. Let's turn there. In Romans 8, 26 and 27. It says this, In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should. Ding, 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 ding. There's some revelation right there. No matter how much you think you know how to pray, we do not know how to pray as we should. This is God talking here through the Holy Spirit. <laughs> So how many people now think they know how to pray? All right, good. <laughs> this is good revelation. We can pray better. How do we do that if we don't know what to do? The Spirit also helps us in our weakness. We do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. In other words, he brings about the will of God. This is why the Holy Spirit is fought so much. One of the reasons is because he can get you to speaking godly things without you even knowing, knowing that you needed to speak them. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. This is what the Holy Spirit does. When we are filled with the Spirit and we pray in tongues, praying in the Holy Spirit, 
He prays out the will of God, even the mysteries, even the things that we don't know we should be talking about. Now, if you were your enemy and you knew that, uh, let's say that, that I'm the devil and you are a Christian, and I know that whatever you speak, you're made in the image and the likeness of God, and I know that whatever you speak and believe in your heart, it will come to pass then what am I going to do? I'm going to try to stop that because I don't want the will of God happening because I'm your enemy. So I'm going to come against that. Well, I know if there's a perfect way for you to pray, then I'm going to start fighting that perfect way. I'm a, if, and that perfect way in the Word is praying by the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Spirit and praying in the Spirit. So if, if that is the perfect way for us to pray and pray out the mysteries and the will of God, then I'm going to start coming against that. I'm going to tell you it's wrong. I'm going to tell you it's even of me. I don't care. I'm going to do whatever I can so that you don't get filled and don't pray in the Holy Spirit. Why? Because if that person starts praying right, all of a sudden his life's going to change. People around him's life's going to change. He's going to be empowered by God. So if we want to speak like God, first of all, we've got to know him. Second of all, we need an accountability partner. Uh, number three, the best accountability partner we can have. Now, we don't need to limit just to the Holy Spirit. We need to use one another and help bury one another's burdens and humble ourselves to each other. But number three, one of the best accountability partners you can have is the Holy Spirit. And allow Him to pray through us and pray out the perfect will of God. Uh, Romans 8.26 in the New Living says this, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example... We don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. 1 Corinthians 14.2 says this, For one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands, but in his spirit he speaks mysteries. He speaks out. Have you ever been in a situation you had no idea how to solve that? Who did know how to solve it? God did. God knew how to solve it. And how does he want to get his will into you? By praying in the Holy Spirit. He says, look, I'm going to have you pray out your own victory and create your own positive victory to create your own freedom, to create your own abundant life. And how am I going to have you do that? By praying stuff you don't even know for through the Holy Spirit. So if you look at this, the three things that we need to do to pray out the words of life, the words of God, is number one, we need to know Jesus. We need to have intimate relationship with Jesus. We need to be born again first, but then we need to get to know Him and His character. Number two, we need to have accountability. We need to know each other. We need to have this fellowship. And number three, we need to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. So what are we talking about? We're talking about operating in an intimacy with God the Father, with Jesus, His bride, and the Holy Spirit, with Jesus, the people of God, and the Holy Spirit. In other words, in order for us to start speaking, we need to humble ourselves and give ourselves over to every piece of the Father and let Him bring about His goodwill and show us those good things. Amen? Right now, I just pray that the words of life would rise up in you. Lord, I ask right now that any veils of deception 
that have been there, that the eyes of our understanding would be opened and enlightened, that our eyes would be opened to what are words of life and what are not. What are your words, God, and what aren't your words? That our eyes would be opened, that we would see it clearly and start seeing where we were saying the wrong things and now start seeing what to say right. And then we would be strengthened to say those things, change our words, change our mind, change our life, and then change the lives of others around us. Father, I just pray that your will be done in our words and in our minds and therefore in our life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today, and I hope you got something out of the words of life. I promise you, you get that lined up, it will change your life. Have a great day.